Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Poisoner's Cabinet. I'm Sinead. And I'm Nick. And this is your weekly podcast exploring the lives of the great poisoners and poisoning cases from across the centuries and creating curious cocktails inspired by the tales that we tell. And it's episode 32. Are we sure this time? Yes, we're sure. We're sure. Marvellous. We're sure it's episode 32. (laughs) All right, full disclosure, everyone. The episode, the normal episodes are fine, as far as we know. We have miscounted the Patreon ones, and there's more episodes than we thought. Which is not a bad thing to be, really. No. It'd be worse if there were less episodes than we thought. (laughs) If we've been lying. If we've been lying. It's episode 406. (laughs) (laughs) Someone actually said we're actually up to, technically up to episode 12, even though we called it 11. But someone's... How? Why? Because we did two episode sixes. I've laid them wrong. But then someone's pointed out that we should just have no episode 13 in a very oh, M.R. James that. way. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, uh, how are you, Nick? I'm I'm actually going slightly insane. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's been a hell of a week. Hell of it's a been week. a hell of a week. It's been a hell of a week. What, what did you do? Oh, is it just life everything. in general? Just or? life in general. It is just work is mad. Oh. And I've taken to drinking quite heavily. <laughs> We've just been talking about how you haven't drunk for three days. But now I'm going to drink all the drinks. <laughs> and I haven't drunk for two. Yeah. And we actually feel like it's been a month. <laughs> I'm turning into a big proponent of the binge drinking. Um, so <laughs> well, That's what lockdown does to you. Yeah, actually. indeed. The, the periods of time where you don't drink, you go, I am some sort of health guru now. <laughs> Any poisonings this week? Oh, God, no. But probably. I haven't left my office. So <laughs> You're so mad and tired so, that you yes, don't know what you've been doing. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> There could be death all around me for all I know. Well, there is, Jeremy, at the moment, so... Is that why you're working so hard? You're doing the work of 20 men because yes, you've killed them. because they're all dead. <laughs> How are you? Are you having a jolly time? Oh, my God, me? Really? Me? That's I enough can of speak? That. Oh, oh, okay, okay, fine. I know my place. <laughs> fine, I'm fine. Fine, okay, good. Well, you know what we should do before we go any further? Mm. I think in this week of madness, it's time for some thank yous. We've got to thank our lovely Patreon subscribers. Equally mad people. Thank mad, you. mad with love. Mad, delightful, wonderful people. Very sexy. So th- thank you so much to Brianna M. Hurok. Misty Miller. To Ashley Fisher. And Tracy McCater. Oh, that's how I would go with it. McKe- 
Oh, I'm, I'm so sorry, Tracy. Tracy, <laughs> Ashley, Misty, and Brianna. Thank you so much for joining us on the Patreon journey. You are very sexy. You're very beautiful. All our Patreon subscribers are delicious as always. Uh, we're also going to keep going with the love this week. We've got some shout outs to do. A bit too much love for my lucky here. Have another gin, Nick, and then we'll see. You just <laughs> and drink love the gin. for everyone. <laughs> well, take a big gulp of gin because I know what you're like when I read out the shout outs. You go a bit soppy inside once you've heard them. <gasps> Harsh. <laughs> but uh, painfully true. So we have some shout outs. Thank you to Hardly Paranormal this week. The gorgeous, gorgeous podcasters. Absolutely brilliant podcast. We played their promo before and they just did a lot of love for our show this week. Quite, quite jealous about that. I think Eddie is our... Yes! Yes! No, that, oh, I am the girl, Eddie oh, is our... <laughs> oh, that cut deep. That, that cut deep. <laughs> oh, there's a free sample. Um, we've also had some lovely messages. And again, guys, so sweet of you to send us messages. It really does warm our dark black hearts. <laughs> First shout out from Cheshire Cat. She's lovely. <laughs> she says, thank you for creating such a marvellous and darkly fun podcast. You are both fantastic and hilarious. You have made this weird time more happy. I love your friendships dynamic oh, and frequently laugh along until my face hurts listening to your banter and comments. You two are glorious bright spots in a very weird year. Oh, see, so stop being so nice. It's, 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 it's unconcerting. I'm far too English to accept such niceness. Oh, it doesn't stop there. It doesn't stop there, Nick. Get ready with the hankies. Oh, God. From Mel Howley. It is her birthday today. Well, merry birthday to you. Happy birthday, Mel. She sent us this. Hey, guys, just want to thank you again for providing great entertainment during this crappy time. It's my birthday, this Friday as in today. And although I still can't see friends or family COVID restrictions this year, I'm excited to know that I'll get to hear another episode from you guys. Keep up the good work. Oh, no pressure. No pressure. <laughs> it's going to have to be a bloody good one now, isn't it? This is, that's a bad gift, actually. <laughs> Our gift is this podcast we made anyway. Enjoy. <laughs> well, we'll try and do a little, I don't know, we'll do a message. We'll do a dance. Nick will dance for you. I will dance on the podcast. It'll be excellent, exquisite. Okay, Nick, this It'll is make the podcast. I know, that's what I mean. Ah, they'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> A lovely message from Dorota, who's a new Patreon subscriber, sent us a message. Hey guys, just want to let you know how amazing both of you are. I found out about the podcast two weeks ago and I have just finished catching up on all the episodes and couldn't resist, so listen to all the episodes on Patreon too. You are just amazing and never thought I could have had so much fun listening to Poisonings. Keep <laughs> up the fantastic job and the drinks are good too. <laughs> well, excellent. I'm glad you enjoyed the drinks. Thank you, Dorota. You are gorgeous, all of you. Thank you for sending messages. People have sent us messages over the course of this podcast and we've replied to them. We didn't always do shout outs, but if you have sent us a message and you're like, damn it, I want my 15 minutes of fame, 15 seconds, <laughs> we can do 15 minutes of this if you want to. <laughs> Just say your name for 15 minutes. <laughs> that, that would get weird and potentially boring. <laughs> um, that's another t- tier of Patreon, I think. Actually, It's just us saying their name for 20 minutes. <laughs> That's, it's get, that's getting into the slightly weird category, I feel. It's already a cult. <laughs> <laughs> but if you have sent us messages and you want them to read us out, just nudge me. Nudge nudge us on social media. We will, of course, read your messages out. And carrying on the final bit of love this week, because it's a lot of love this well, week. So it would seem, yeah. I don't know, 32. I'm just in the mood for love. Final bit of love is a promo this week. Promo from Brie Nicaran, um, Hex Positive. I love this podcast. I'm intrigued I've been, by this. Yeah. yeah, it is absolutely brilliant. We'll play the promo. She will explain all about it. She's a wonderful fan. But if you want to know about being more than just your average witch, this is the podcast to listen to. Genuinely a great listen. Here you go. Have you ever thought about getting into witchcraft, but were overwhelmed by the amount of information and number of paths involved? Do you struggle to find a secular space for your craft in a spiritual community? 
Ever wandered past the seasonings aisle and wondered if pumpkin spice could be incorporated into your practice? From Brina Garen, author of Grove Daughter Witchery, comes Hex Positive, a practical witchcraft podcast and the newest member of the Nerd and Tie Podcast Network. Every month, join Brie for a discussion of secular witchcraft, with plenty of tips for witching on a budget, finding good resources, furthering your magical education, and keeping your common sense superpowers strong. We'll also delve into the history of witches and witchcraft, witches in literature and folklore, and how those ideas influence what it means to be a witch in the modern day. And Hex Positive is Hex Positive. We firmly believe that it is the choice of every witch whether to use hexes and curses, just as it is every witch's choice which path they'll follow. Follow the show on Twitter at at hex underscore podcast, and tune in to the Nerd and Tie Podcast Network every month for new episodes. And remember, witchlings, always practice safe hex. Well, Nick. Hello. Are you ready to drink cocktails and talk about poison? I think we probably should. Or... Oh, I, I, I always forget the or. We could drink poison and talk about cocktails. Seeing as it's Mel's birthday, I think it would be rude to drink all the poison. We should go with the first one. We should go with the first one. Well, it's episode 32, the episode of love, apparently. <laughs> uh, it is Nick's story this week. Uh, but is. before we get into story time, we can't, we can't, we can't possibly go any further without a cocktail in hand. God, no. Woo, woo. We did have some feedback on one Facebook post this week, which was lovely. Someone saying, found the podcast, discovered it, loved it, really like you guys. <laughs> yes. Just one thing, not enough cocktail chat. Not enough cocktail chat. <laughs> I, I love you. I love you. That is an excellent, excellent review. As it's your story this week, Nick, you were able to choose the cocktail. The I cocktail was. is always flavoured with a secret ingredient, which is inspired by the tale that we tell. This week's secret ingredient is... Well... A well? It's not a well. Is but it no. well water? Because that would be very witchy. <laughs> that would be, oh, that would be good. I like that. But uh, that's not it. But anyway, moving on. <laughs> it's not well water. No. Though maybe it'll be a future one. Um, no, it won't. Well, it might be. Depends what story we get. But we don't have a well. Well, that will be a challenge. You're going to send me off to find a well, I'm going to send you to go and find a well. (laughs) (laughs) Me just carting buckets of well water back to this small suburban house. I think that sounds like an excellent plan. Anyway. Anyway, moving on. No, this week's secret is brandy. 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 Do go a bit more abstract, but this is is quite on the nose. Yes. This one. (laughs) I'm sensing your, I don't want to find the mystery in this. Brandy. Well, there were a few options. Um, There were a few options that I came up with. I mean, clams would have been an option. Oh, why? couldn't we've had clams we so, could have had like a clamato like so, a, like a bloody mary with clamato because juice i would find that very upsetting delicious though it's no. in sainsbury's they stock it in sainsbury's i don't want one of those it's still, look at the clam juice in it no. oh mate no oh, none of that i'm gonna have one anyway but not on my watch <laughs> <laughs> all right not clams then, but, <laughs> not brandy. but brandy 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 well we don't often enjoy a brandy we don't know we don't have a st bernard's bringing us brandy <laughs> in the cold but it is a favourite amongst people oh, in quite. cocktails. Brandy and Coke, someone suggested, from South Africa. Yeah, we shan't be doing that. Well, I don't really like a whiskey and Coke, but Brandy and Coke, not nor that. I, I, I don't, don't know. know. I must admit, I've never tried I that haven't. combination. So, Calvados, yeah. now we're talking. Well, we shall see. I mean, there are many options for Brandy cocktails. You've got a uh, Brandy Alexander, classic, classic. A uh, Brandy Sour, another classic one. Oh, yeah. None of those. None of the obvious ones. So I've what gone, have you gone for? Well, I've gone for that sounded quite interesting. And I'm intrigued by this. And it's very highly rated. Very highly rated. So was the Golden Cadillac. This is true. But no, I, I have more hopes for this because there is no milk involved. Oh, thank God. And I like the name. We're going to have an ampersand. 
An ampersand. Yes. Ooh, I like. I, I like. like I, li- I thought I like that name. I like the sound of that. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> you and your funny ways. Ooh, ampersand sounds yeah. very fancy. Indeed. So yeah, I'm looking forward to this one. It Excellent. should be interesting. Without any further ado, I think it is time for us to go to the poisonous cabinet kitchen and shake up a storm. So see you in a minute. I'll see you in a bit. And we're back. Hello. An ampersand. An ampersand. Oh, it looks very nice. It looks brown. It looks brown. We have a brown cocktail. We, we don't really have brown cocktails that much. Yeah. It well. almost looks like a beer. Oh, it does, it does actually, yes. Yeah. It, a nice refreshing craft ale. No, none of that. Well, it looks like that, but I fear it is not like that. It so is not like that in the slightest. Talk us through it, Nick. Well, we have... Well, we have cognac. That will be the brandy. That will be the brandy. Uh, we have gin. Uh, yay. We have a sweet vermouth. Um... Yeah, you like sweet vermouth. I don't mind a sweet vermouth. Yeah, do we a bit of that. Uh, we have a bit of Cointreau. Oh, ooh, nice. And then some orange bitters. Ooh, that was boozy. Yes, it's, it's, that is it. It's just so there, alcohol, there's no, there's no yeah, there's no uh, fruit <laughs> juice or citrus or anything like that in there. It's pure booze. Um, obviously diluted by the shaking. Shaken over ice and then strained. Obviously shaken over ice and strained. Okay, okay. Oh, God. Oh, God. So, so it's just pure alcohol. Well, I think we need this. Well, I think we definitely do. Well, probably not, actually, because it will go even more insane. It will see what happens. But well, an uh, ampersand, Merry a brown, Christmas. lovely brown drink. Yes. Let's try it. Try uh, it. Let's dive in. Okay. Mother of God, that's strong. It is. It's <gasps> actually very nice. <laughs> oh, Oh, I can see through time. <laughs> I actually very much like that. <laughs> oh, you would like that. I, w- I do. It's a very you drink. It is a very me drink. It's, it's, a it's not very a very you drink. drink. It's it's a you drink. It's not a me drink. It's fine. I like that. I'm going to second sip it because I think it will get easier on the second. Like a Negroni, it will get mm. easier on the second sip. I'm speaking in tongues. I'm glad I like that because I had to buy a bottle of brandy for this. <laughs> What's the this? difference between cognac and brandy? It's just um, cognac is the region in France. So it's brandy, but made in cognac. Well, it's really, really cold, which is nice. (laughs) What? This is the best thing you can say about the cocktail, is that it's really, really cold. Yeah. I don't know. I don't dislike it. I don't know how I feel about it. I think it's just not my cup of tea. No, it is very much not your usual drink. No, but there's nothing wrong with it. It's very, it's very strong. It's full of flavour and it's chilled, which is nice because I think it's probably, I don't know why. I think I'm associating drinks this strong, probably because I'm thinking of cognac and whiskey and everything and you don't have it that cold. As a very warming, yes, no, that's very true. Yeah. It's usually considered a very warming sort of drink, but this is very cold. So it's a very different way that you would have brandy. Yeah, Um, it's a very different way of having brandy. And if you like this sort of thing, it is very nice. I'm worried for me drinking this because it's incredibly strong. I'm taking little sips and I'm like, oh, this way madness lies. Yeah, you would have one of these. Absolutely. Um, Only one. But wow. Or we'd have two and see where the night goes. (laughs) Yeah, I'm actually pleasantly surprised by that. Well, chaps, do many of you actually drink brandy-based cocktails? Well, Brandy Alexander and and a Brandy Sour. I saw those two mentioned. Classic brandy cocktails. Yes. Don't have the ingredients for those. Didn't make them. So now we have just this, this, this so all the alcohol in a glass. Yeah. Oh, well, there we go. An ampersand. Great name. Good name. Very nice drink if it's your cup of tea. Chilled. Cold. <laughs> <laughs> don't know why I'm latching on to it being cold. I'm really worried about how strong this is. And it's already sending me insane. But I want to. <laughs> I want to see what happens. Well, with our ampersands <laughs> in hand, yours firmly in hand, you've Mild. run down the, the Absolutely. lane. Absolutely. I've finished one already. <laughs> <laughs> screaming with your clothes off. I'm just sipping it going, no, Nick, come back. <laughs> Uh, Nick, should we have a story? Oh, we probably should. Yay! It's that sort of time. It is that sort of time. And? Oh, you actually want me to tell the story? Oh, I think you should tell the story. Oh, oh, fine. I think you should tell the story and I'm going to drink this and see 
where it leads. Because on the third sip, it's already gotten better. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, that's dangerous. <laughs> Stop drinking it right. or not necking it back. I'm not necking it. Yeah. Slowly, slowly. Right. <laughs> I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. <laughs> right, so we are staying in the US this week. USB. But leaving Chicago of the 1910s. Okay. And the crazy knitting of Tilly Klimek. And running, running across the country to New Jersey. New Jersey. New Jersey in the 1830s. Yes, where we meet Lydia Dambry. Uh, Lydia is 16 mm-hmm. and living with her uncle after the unfortunate death of both of her parents when she was nine years old. Oh, nice. How did is, they die? I don't know. Did they get in her way? <laughs> Potentially not at nine years old. Mm. You think he started early. (laughs) Not quite. She is working as a seamstress and living a fairly uneventful life. She is a devout Methodist and through the church she meets soon-to-be husband Edward Struck. Struck? Struck. Oh, good name. Yeah, Edward Struck. But does not bode well for a husband. Um, Edward is a blacksmith. He likes striking things. Really? With with a a hammer. Is that where his name comes from? Well, I don't know, but he's he's a blacksmith. And he is already a widower. And here with six children from his first marriage. That's a lot to take on for a 17-year-old. But she seems to be smitten, smitten in love. And they are soon married. Lovely. Lovely. And she is delightfully happy. Mm. And all is well. They decide to start their new life together and set up a home in New York City. Bright lights. Exciting times. Lovely. Exciting times. The Big Apple. The windy Uh, town. No. 
<laughs> Not in the slightest. <laughs> they seem to have a very good life together. And over seven years, Edward and Lydia have a further six children together themselves. Jesus Christ. So that was a huge household now. How um, big is their house? Well, it was quite a large apartment. Children in drawers and things like that. Well, wherever they live, it's going to be cramped. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, and with such a large family to support, Edward decides that he needs a better job. Um, this smithing is not bringing in the appropriate money, and he becomes a police officer. Oh, very nice. Stroll in the beat. Exactly. Mm. Respectable, sort mm. of the earth, sort of chap. Beating up the Irish as he goes. <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> but one day, after he's, he's been a cop for a few years now, one, he is called to a bank robbery. Now, we don't know what happens at this bank robbery, but it must be something fairly significant because he is accused of cowardice by witnesses at the robbery. Yeah, but witnesses there say, no, he didn't do what he should have done. He wasn't up there beating the robbers with a truncheon or whatever. Just do Um, stop or I'll say stop again. Come back, it's my job. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And he is accused of of cowardice. Oh, yeah, what did he do? um, In the line of work. So don't know exactly. Bad Um, Bad But because of this, he actually loses his job. He is fired from the force. Who would trust the police again? Um, That's the one thing you need the policeman to be. Brave. Yes, brave, absolutely. Don't want them turning up to a domestic and then running away going, No, no, no. no. I mean, unemployed, Edward is, he sinks into a depression. He cannot Mm. find another job probably his references are not glowing so he obviously finds it impossible to get further employment and he sinks into a deep depression and will not leave his bed Lydia seems unable to help her husband there are very few avenues at this time for people with mental health issues it's either get on with it pull your socks up Mm. or to the asylum with you pretty much those are your options yeah really Um, but but Lydia has decided on a third way she has decided on her own methods of helping Helping the husband along, eh? And one day she takes a trip to the drugstore. <gasps> lots and lots of rats in that apartment. So many so rats. So many rats need dealing with... Vitamins and crystals <laughs> to, to, to cure them. That's what she went for, right? Yes, absolutely, right? yes. She stirs a spoonful of rat poison into <gasps> Edward's oatmeal. No! And after several agonising hours, he is dead. A quick but incredibly painful death from the huge quantities of arsenic that have been stirred into his breakfast that she dutifully sits in bed and spoons into him she's a patient wife isn't oh she? yes oh well none of, yeah. i can't bear any of your whinging yeah Let's exactly N- none, none of your whinging none of, I mean, i've got to get a job <laughs> <laughs> she was already a seamstress so good woman so, so. Yes, so faster the effects of arsenic poison we've covered numerous times arsenic, um, arsenic, in, arsenic. in this podcast so severe yeah stomach pain cramps diarrhea convulsions death Death. All those, <laughs> all all those, those symptoms. jolly symptoms. All those symptoms. Um, symptoms, are, the greatest poison of them all. <laughs> are visited upon Edward. But the authorities look no further. He was obviously a sickly man. Yeah. Nothing untoward going on here. Now, Lydia is head of the household and with many, many children. Now, some of the, some of Edward's original children and have now grown up to a certain age where they have managed to leave and they are forging life on their, their own. They're not at the apartment anymore. Thank the good Lord. But Lydia and Edward's children they've had themselves are very much still at home. Quite a variety of, of ages. I just imagine them all lining up before bed. Yes. So long, farewell, I'd be night. Goodbye. Exactly, exactly what they do every night. <laughs> Neighbours on the wall going, <laughs> We don't have any stairs, Mother. Act! Life isn't easy with so many children to support. And the Civil War, the American Civil War, is raging on outside at this, oh, at this time. Hell, so yeah. there is no 
all support is going towards the war. There's, yeah. You, you've got a, a woman whose her husband has died. Well, sorry, get on with it. Yeah. There, there, there are bigger things going on in the world at the he moment. Was a coward. So, and he was, yeah, well, yes, he was a coward. So, And all the good men are at war. All the good men are at war. There's no chance of her finding a new husband or anything mm. like that. They're all at war. So it's, a, it's an incredibly difficult time. Something has to be done or none of them will survive. Lydia decides her three youngest children oh god are too much of a burden and she seems to also think that are they better off not out of it martha ann six years edward jr four and william nine months oh jesus christ go in lydia's words themselves the children could do nothing for me or themselves oh lovely less than six weeks after edward passed away Three children went the same way. That's cold. Oh, it's, it's incredibly cold. She's, she's basically worked it out. Like, oh yeah, get rid of the husband. He's doing nothing. Oh, well, oh that, that was so easy. Let's wipe off three mm. kids. Oy. Yeah, indeed. And again, nothing is suspected. There is, fortunately, there has been a typhoid outbreak Great. at this point as well. The symptoms of arsenic poisoning very similar to those of typhoid. And the deaths are accounted to this outbreak husband has just died husband has died that typhoid is sweeping through the family exactly these are relatively poor people not living in great conditions or cramped or pushed together um, not overly sanitary potentially it's easily explainable the older children seem to be old enough to work for themselves they can stay they they, they can stay for the time being you've got to think that the older children actually having seen this are scrubbing everything in sight (laughs) oh for god's sake look whether I made you a shoe don't worry I'm off down the mine that's okay you're nine it's fine no 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 no. I brought you some coal they're out there they're working they can continue but but but, there's always a but in these stories 14 year old George contracts lead poisoning he has a job as a painter he, oh. he is an apprentice to a painter. See, lead-based paint, such yeah, yeah. a very prevalent thing at the time, and he falls ill with lead poisoning and is taken to taken to his bed. Now, ordinarily, he would recover, but that takes time, and someone has to look after him, and it's all an awful lot of effort. You can't earn money if you're in bed. You can't earn. There's no sickness. You don't get sick pay or anything like that. He's Can- gone to his bed in like in one day. I see no signs of life. No, uh, I'm really fine, mother. No. I'm not dead. <laughs> I'm not I feel dead. happy. I feel happy. <laughs> Have some nice soothing arsenic tea. George, George probably doesn't have much of the tea, but unfortunately he too is not long for this world. Jesus. Lydia has struck again. Anne Eliza, 12 years old. Oh, leave Eliza out of it. Yeah. She's a sickly girl. She's (laughs) not well. Well, she can't work. What? You're next. What? You're next. She's 12. She's 12. She's not very well. She's sickly. She coughed once. She coughed once. (laughs) Couldn't get a job. Therefore, nope, none of this. I mean, thankfully, it's, I mean, there's. We also have John at sixteen, but he has moved out of the house. He was able to. He was able to get employment and What's moved out. Fucking surprise! Um, and he escapes his mother's attentions. Last child living at home is eighteen year old Lydia, named after her mother. Oh, and she has got to be shitting a brick she... right now. <laughs> she has a job as a retail clerk, so Very she's nice. happy. She's got a job. She works in a shop. You think she would be safe? Then she made the fatal mistake, the cardinal error. She got the flu. Oh, dear. So, as she recuperates in bed at home, the mother soon gets very tired. This is, again, looking after people, lying in bed, wastrels, just not pulling, pulling their, their own weight. Yeah. 
out comes the arsenic tea again. And Lydia Jr. is gone. Little Lydia is also dispatched. All these deaths are listed as typhoid fever. They go unquestioned. Do we have a rough space of time that this is all happening in? We're, we're looking within 18 months or so. So, this so is she's very, just taking advantage of yeah, the opportunity. So this is a very short window of opportunity. Say, so yes, so this, this outbreak has happened. Um, it's obviously an incredibly contagious disease. So it's going to rip through households and neighbourhoods and things like that. Let's chalk that up to typhoid. Be done with it. My mother had typhoid. Oh. She did. She because she was a nurse. She was a third oh. sister. And so she and someone came in with typhoid. I, I don't know how. She caught it and had to be in a room literally with and people yeah. in hazmat suits. But you can imagine it being, you know, sick and vomiting and my dad and her father <laughs> were in competition about how much food they could bring my mother. And she couldn't <laughs> eat anything and she was getting really annoyed with them and they were like, No, come on, get a bit of chicken, bit of chicken for you. There we go. Look, I brought you some foie gras. Head out But yeah, she was like, Oh, you have to be sealed off because it's so contagious. I don't think Lydia had these concerns no I don't too, think so. too much food being brought into the house so now lydia doesn't have all these mouths to feed she is a bit more secure and she's a bit more time on her hands as well, well yeah she's got a bit more time doesn't have all these children to look after and kill or yeah well planning these... a murder takes time takes it, it out of you so now i've got this free time time to get a job earn a bit of money for herself now the civil war is still going on and there is one profession in incredibly high demand okay this. can i guess Go does on, she mate. make guns? She does not make guns. Does she make horses? <laughs> she does not make horses either. No. Well, I'm out of ideas. Yeah, Nick. I'm out of ideas. There's the only two possible employment make opportunities. Make guns or make horses. Make guns or horses. Lydia thinks to herself, I'm a caring, considerate, helpful, lovely person. I'll become a nurse. A nurse. In the field or just in the, in the hospital? I think in a hospital for recovering people who have who have been injured and come away from the front. Well, I know how to get more bed space. There are no stories of her leaving piles of dead bodies in her wake whenever she was moved around or anything like that. <laughs> it all aroused suspicion. Yes, it all seems rather unremarkable. The war ends in 1865. Demand for her services is very much reduced. So she moves on from nursing back to New York and gets a job selling sewing machines. Oh, very nice. In a shop, selling sewing machines. Very delightful, having a nice bit of banter with all the customers who come in, demonstrating sewing machines. You're just assuming this, aren't you? You're I want to meet she's a very popular person. No, there's one particular customer who, I don't know why he is in the market for so many sewing machines, but he's a repeat visitor. Perhaps he owns a tailoring shop or something, a factory or something, mm-hmm. and needs sewing machines. Um, but he is very impressed with Lydia. Maybe he fancies her and he just keeps Maybe buying. Maybe he... Well, potentially. We've all uh, done that, where you, you, you fancy someone... I have someone not bought many sewing machines because no, no, I fancy not, someone. Well, I mean, it depends who you fancy, really. <laughs> if you've just gone by going, look at all my sewing machines. Man name is John Curtis. As we said, he's very impressed with Lydia. She was good with customers. She seemed very personable, very reliable. And her experience as a nurse intrigues him as well. He actually hires her to look after his elderly mother. What kind of conversation did they have? I don't know. They're, they're having general chats about, ah, oh, you're new here. What did you do before? Oh, I was a nurse. Um, yeah, that I did all of these things. Like, if he's coming in buying lots of sewing machines, he clearly fancies her, so he's coming in buying sewing machines. What are you doing? Oh, you're a nurse. I, I have a sick mother. Come and look after her. Or they had very intimate chats. You were like, oh, you were that kind of nurse. You must meet my mother. <laughs> Uh, no, none of none of this. None of these things happened. <laughs> oh, he just innocently was buying sixteen sewing machines and then said, "Come and look after my, my, my dying mother." Yes, he's a madman. <laughs> <laughs> and she went, "Yes, I'm bored of sewing, selling sewing machines now." Just uh, walks out of the shop. That I just walk out, leave. I just leave. Knocks the sewing I machines going, over. And she goes, going to go and look after John Curtis's okay. mother. And after a few months living with the old lady in Connecticut, don't know her name. 
the mother. She has established quite a reputation in the local area. Professional, respectable nurse, well-liked around town, popular with the neighbours, a regular at the local, all the local stores and things, which she does and goes and runs her errands and things mm. like that she needs to do. Um, and she soon sets her eyes on a new chap, Dennis Hurlbut. 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 Dennis himself is a widower and quite a wealthy man. Ooh. Yes, he's got a bit of money. He owns a farm just outside town. Is it a sewing machine farm? It is not a sewing machine farm, oh. nor do they make horses. Or do they make cotton for <laughs> <a> sewing machine? <laughs> but the farm has been neglected. It needs a woman's touch. A woman's touch. Duh, duh. A woman's touch. Sorry, that I love that Calamity Jane song. <laughs> It's been left too long. The doilies are getting dusty. They are. Oh, the, God, you don't want a dusty doily. No, the cowls haven't been polished for years. <laughs> it's, um, <laughs> it, yes, as we said, it needs a woman's touch. Lydia's charm convinces Dennis that they should probably take things slowly to begin with. Don't want to get, get rushed into things. Oh, well, in their relationship or in... Just in, yeah, their general courtship. Right, um, okay, not with the polishing of the cows. Not with the polishing of <laughs> the I mean, that, have at it. <laughs> to be honest. There are loads of them. Get through them as quick as you can. I mean, to begin with, she agrees to come and work as a housekeeper. But I'm sure that's probably something of a ruse. But it allows them to be in very close proximity. Um, oh. And she probably moves in to the, to the home yeah, and, she's, and looks she's living after. There. I'm the housekeeper. Yes. Here's my underwear. <laughs> <laughs> Leaves her pants out on the washing line and all uh, sorts oh of Oh, God. And those are old woolen pants. Long, long ones. They're like, scandal, scandal. Very soon they are engaged. On November the 22nd, 1868, Lydia and Dennis are married. Lovely. And it's a delightful little ceremony. Oh, no. Everyone wishes the couple well. Oh. It all seems to be going splendidly. Just a small quaint exactly. sort of wedding. Out on the farm. Mm. Sparkly clean cows by this point. <laughs> oh, they're all lined up and they have bells. <laughs> and that's so cute. Oh. It's a, it's a idyllic, but 14 months into the marriage. Oh, God. Lydia notices a change in Dennis. His hands begin to shake. He is somewhat unsteady on his feet. Has he got chills? And they're multiplying. <laughs> <laughs> is he indeed losing control? <laughs> So shaky hands. Oh, no. So, yeah, a bit of shaky hands, a bit unsteady. He's struggling to do as much work on the farm as he once was. Parkinson's? Well, we don't don't know if it was a a particular malady or, yeah, it was just advancing years. But as I say, he's not able to do as much on the farm as he once did, so they have to hire in extra labourers. This obviously cuts into the money that they make. Mm -hmm. While they're certainly not starving, they are forced to tighten the belt a little bit, make a few savings here and there to be able to afford this extra labour that they need. Now Lydia starts having sort of flashbacks to her first marriage with Edward. When he was unable Aww. to work, it put them in terrible, terrible hardship. When but he... they had like 12 children. Well, well, quite. Now, as I say, many of the other are no children around, but they do have the expenses of the farm. They have these staff they have to pay. The cow polish is not cheap. <laughs> um, all these things. Life is Lydia leading though? Is she living a particularly extravagant life? I don't think she's living a particularly extravagant life. She doesn't like scrimping or saving. She likes, I'm going to say, the nicer things of life, but she likes living a comfortable lifestyle. She likes knowing her money is hers rather than spending on anyone else. She likes being secure and safe. Now, with Dennis's progressing illness or progressing age, what is going to happen? What's going to happen to me? And Lydia decides that this cannot be left to chance. One evening after dinner, a lovely dinner of clams. Clams! (laughs) Clams! <laughs> Delicious. We could have had some lovely clams in I our cocktail. Clams. See, I'm not a fan of a clam. Do you not like, like, Vongoli? Is it, is it Vongoli? Like the spaghetti Vongoli or no, something with, uh, with clams? I'm not, I'm not a... Oh, going to mix you up a clamato uh, bloody yeah, Mary. So no. Now, I don't probably need to read out the list of inevitable symptoms that take place after 
the delightful clam. If you have a bad clam, clam dish, well, we exactly. It's got to be much the same. Even if you have good seafood, <laughs> don't do that. Stomach cramps, <laughs> diarrhea, nausea, all those. Do you have that with oysters? No, you, you <laughs> might have. If you have too much salt water with it, you will probably have a bit of a strange tummy, and that's why people think that they've been had food poisoning. But nah. it's very fresh, and the salt will do that to you. <laughs> but this this is something in addition to the salt. I feel in, in this particular dining experience there is more than salt and clams but easy to pass off that is food poisoning yes though, isn't it oh. three agonizing days later for herbert he dies he dies, he dies. against he dies. no suspicions are raised he is an elderly man he had a clam what does one expect <laughs> that sounds like a poem like a rhyme he's an elderly man he had a clam he died he, he died, died. Have you he not should heard? have had lamb he should have had lamb they lied they lied <laughs> That classic children's tale, <laughs> the old man and the clam. The old man and the clam whispered to him at night, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> Lydia does quite well out of Dennis's death. She receives $10,000 in cash. Fuck off. And real estate, the farm alone, oh, worth 20000 She rich. Now, this is a huge amount of money. She is delighted. Loads of cash in the bank. Don't have to worry. Set for life. I can shut up the farm. Sell it on. Sell sell the farm. Sell the farm. Buy a lovely little house somewhere. Yes, do that. She's enjoying her wealth and her newfound freedom. But she grows restless. She seems to be very easily bored. Clearly. Only eight weeks after the death of Dennis... She meets Horatio Sherman. Horatio Sherman. Horatio Sherman. And it does seem that history is destined to repeat itself. Bloody hell. Not to say that Lydia has a type, but Horatio is another widower. As Dennis had done before him, Horatio hires Lydia as a housekeeper. And see, again, it seems Sexy to be there is a theme. But not only a housekeeper, but as a nurse to his young children. Oh, okay, that's not going to end well. So, as, yes. This... Housekeepers, the greatest poison of them all. <laughs> it is not long before an engagement is announced, mm-hmm. unsurprisingly, and they are married in 1870, only a few months after their first meeting. And I'm thinking that while married, now freshly married, she's not going to want children well, cluttering up the house. Yes, they do. They do so get in the way. They do. They Under do. the foot. But it would seem Horatio is actually not really the man that she thought he was. Bastard. He drinks. He's a heavy drinker. <laughs> and some reports say that he is unfortunately violent. Yeah. Towards Lydia. Now, some people sort of not ex- explain it, no, not excuse it, but say the reason for that is he is very only very, very recently widowed. So the grief of the loss of his first wife and the mother to his children, and she has he has moved on incredibly quickly, so that's why he's drinking. And um, punching. Well, yeah, punching. No, no, we cannot excuse the punching. Um, but that's yeah. why he's drinking so much is still the grief of his first wife he doesn't want to be alone so he's moved on incredibly quickly but one thing he certainly does enjoy is is lydia's money it Uh, is quite good that is quite a quite a temptation and she has an awful lot of it um horatio spends all his time at the bar and lydia is not at all happy about this she is stuck at home looking after four young stepchildren yeah while their father her husband is drowning his sorrows yeah she's been taken from Um, yeah so this is this is not what she signed up for this is not um being ignored um, was not in Lydia's vocabulary. She just she did not, not approve of such a no. such a thing. And one day, in one of Horatio's increasingly frequent and drunken rants, he wishes that his very ill, sickly son is dead. 
I think just to relieve his suffering. Just okay. sure. Lydia sure. decides to take matters into her own hand on as Lydia does. Maybe the, with the child out of the way, Horatio might just pay a bit more attention to her and not fret so much. She mixes a little arsenic into the baby's milk. Oh God! And the infant quickly, quickly oh, dies. Gee, how old is he? See, he is six months, so very, very, very young. But, so, oh, that's he, so when they horrific. met, it would have been but a newborn. So I don't know if his first wife actually died in childbirth or something Maybe, like that. Yeah. So that could well be a possibility. Oh God, that baby's so, had no nourishment or no... Oh no, God, indeed. that's horrific. Very unpleasant. But once again, such things are accepted as these things happen. She gets away with it once, oh, once oh, again. A few months later, 14-year-old Ada comes down with the flu. Oh, we know what happens. Will no one wear a scarf! <laughs> we know what happens when someone comes down with the flu <laughs> while Lydia is around. Lydia decides on her own particular form of treatment. Arsenic. 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 It's always going to be arsenic and Ada does not last long. Now, the death of his beloved daughter causes Horatio to go on a major bender. Well, yeah, entirely. His his young son has died. Baby son has died. Ada, his 14-year-old, apple of his eye, Lydia's taking things too far. Just like, yep, wipe them out. Yep, wipe them out. the centre of attention. Exactly so. Exactly so. But he is, he goes on a major, just like, no, I'm just going to get pissed. Just a baby Well, yeah, absolutely. And he he goes missing for for days Mm -hmm. in a bar somewhere. When he eventually turns back up to the house, he is a rather, rather worse for wear. Lydia is sick of this behaviour. Absolutely. Well, don't kill his kids! Well, yes, that would be... That would be the moral to take away from this! Don't kill someone's children! But <gasps> she decides to teach him a lesson. Put him off... Put, <laughs> put him off booze for life. Get you off the demon drink. I'd like to see her try! <laughs> she spikes a bottle of his brandy. Brandy! Brandy! brandy. That's brandy. where it comes from. He was a brandy drinker, William. He was a brandy drinker. And she spikes a bottle with arsenic. Not not so much arsenic as to kill him, but enough to make him very, very ill. Potentially associate alcohol with being so desperately ill that he won't want to touch the stuff ever again. But so actually, some sort of aversion, sort of therapy going on there. Okay, so she gives him the, the nasty brandy. She gives him the nasty brandy and she leaves the bottle of the nasty brandy on his bedside just in case he gets a thirst in the night. The spiked brandy does indeed made. Horatio sick. So incredibly sick that actually one of his surviving children called in the doctor. Clever boy. Oh yes, good for them. Good for them. I mean, much to Lydia's annoyance, obviously. Yes. Dr. Beardsley. Beardsley. In comes Dr. Beardsley. And there was actually a picture of him in line and he do, he do has. He do has. He do has a big beard. <laughs> he do has the most fantastic beard. Um, it is almost Pritchardesque. Oh its, wow, really? It's excellent. Ooh, we need a picture of this. In comes Dr. Beersley, to yeah, treat Horatio. And he is very suspicious of these symptoms. <laughs> a lot of strokey beard lot, action. A huge amount of strokey beard action going on. This this is not at all this is not at all normal. And despite the doctor's best attempts, it seems that Lydia has put just a bit too much arsenic in the brandy. And Horatio also dies. Aye, aye. So yes, the, the the plan to make him not drink again. Well, it's worked. He's not going to. <laughs> he's, he's not going to drink again. No. Um, can't argue with that one. Um, but perhaps went a bit further than she had anticipated. But Doctor Beersley say he is not going to let this go. Something is definitely wrong. Um, and he orders a post mortem. He sends Horatio's organs to Yale Ooh. to testing, to testing by Professor George Frederick Barker. Very, very fancy man. Who's, yeah, professor at Yale. Um, I'm just shrugging at this yes. point. I'm like, is he the fancy? Oh, okay. <laughs> He's a professor. 
There's a professor. Just say the professor looked the at professor, his bits. The professor looked at his bits. <laughs> and went, this is very deep. As, as professors do. <laughs> That's exactly what they say. <laughs> and he finds huge quantities of arsenic. Huge. Huge quantities of arsenic in Horatio's organs, in his bits. And they look back at the family. Look back at the family history. And once again, they discover the deaths of baby Frankie and the daughter Ada. These two are exhumed. And once again, after examination, huge quantities of arsenic are found in the remains. Now the police really want to have a chat with Lydia. But she has she has vanished. Oh. She has scarpered. But she but she is tracked down to New Brunswick. Good. She didn't where, go far. She didn't go far. But where she's gone to stay with some family. Supposedly looking for some peace and solace after the tragic death of yet another husband, but the police track her down. And they do some further investigation into Lydia's history. Mm. And they find out about the death of Dennis and then Edward and all the children before that as well they exhume dennis helbert um, and once again find massive quantities of arsenic in the remains the unfortunately the bodies of edward and the children are too far too far gone now to to provide any evidence um so they don't get any results for that but the authorities believe they truly do have enough to be going on with here and lydia is arrested and taken back to new haven in connecticut to await trial. Trial begins on April the 16th, 1872, and it lasts only eight days. Yeah. Uh, Lydia appears very prim and proper in court in her black morning clothes, straw hat, veil, very dramatic. Straw hat? Straw hat, little hat with a veil going on. A straw hat? A straw hat, yes, a hat sounds very straw. Sounds very parochial. I'm just, I, I I'm just thinking of like a lemon straw kind of hat with a big daisy in it. I don't believe so, no. <laughs> She has a variety of hats. She's swapping them out all the time. Throughout the trial, she maintains her innocence. Not guilty, not guilty, absolutely not guilty. Never did anything, my lord. But the jury are entirely unconvinced by her protestations, and she is found guilty. Um, found guilty of the murder of Horatio Sherman, and she is sentenced to life in prison. The entire case is all over the tabloids as one would imagine at this time. It is hailed as the horror of the century, oh. as every other murder case we've covered <laughs> is also hailed. <laughs> but the story does not end there. Oh. While in prison, Lydia actually writes her confession. Oh. And it is turned into a bestseller. Mm. It's turned into a bestseller. And the book is given a rather lengthy and dramatic title. Okay, okay. <laughs> Poison Fiend, Life, Crimes and Conviction of Lydia Sherman, the modern Lucretia Borgia. Recently tried in New Haven, Connecticut, for poisoning three husbands and eight of her children. Her life in full. <laughs> Exciting account of her trial, the feel for evidence, the most startling and sensational series of crimes ever committed in the country, her conviction and confession. They didn't do titles well. They did not do titles then, well, no. no. no they you're were... giving away the farm, yes. Yes. <laughs> so, but again. It's always like the modern Lucretia Borgia. Oh, yeah, or well, the exactly. Modern, the female Bluebeard. She or was the... in the. I've seen some of the newspaper reports, and yeah, she is the modern Lucretia Borgia. She's the modern Brunvilliers. Yeah. Is one of the other ones that's come up and talked about her. There's never a title that just goes, she's a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, there is. I actually found a scanned copy of this book online. Yeah. Um, and it goes into incredible detail. Yeah. It is the most boring book I've oh. ever tried to read. <laughs> so, it is advertised as if she has written this book herself. Okay. But 90% of it she did not write. Mm-hmm. Um, it, most of it is a transcript of the court proceedings. So, lots oh, of questions bored. and answers and all bored. that sort of stuff. And then her confession 
is a tiny paragraph right at the end of the book. Yes, I do. It's actually her confession. Don't recommend it. But even now, even after all that, the story of Lydia Sherman does not end. Five years into her prison sentence, Lydia fakes an illness. She's taken to hospital and she escapes. She runs. She runs. runs. She does a runner. Straight away, she is back to her old tricks. She gets a job as a housekeeper for another rich widower. Oh, in God. Providence oh, God. this time. <laughs> Thankfully, he survives, but probably only because the police were there within about two weeks oh, right. of her getting the job. Police track her down and she is sent back to prison. And she's carting in a box of arsenic. Yeah, pretty much. Where she dies in prison in May 1878. What is the story of Lydia Sherman? Lydia Sherman. The greatest poisoner of them all. Until the next woman. Until you want to precisely. So there we go. the poisoner. Oh, that's a good story. Very good story. God, she's mental. She was a crazy woman. She was a very unpleasant woman, I believe. Very unpleasant woman. That's a yes. lot of death. There's an awful lot of death. There's again one of those stories where it's just the roll call of death is is insane. Not a lot of detail. Three about. husbands, eight children. Good God, that's horrible. But why? What was going on in that mm. brain of hers? I mean, she's married young, and she marries a man who's got six kids. And then she has another six kids, Shannon, and then just gets a taste for the idea of like, oh, I can just get rid of people yeah. by poisoning. Yeah, this is, this is, too, this is a too, too stressful a life to but do life this. Life is, is dispensable. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Life is dispensable. And, I mean, I think them. at these times, life was seen in a somewhat more ambivalent way, potentially. People die. People die. People, people, people die. Goodness sake. Like, if you're going to marry a widower and then he's got kids, don't just wait for the first bout of the first sneeze and then go, wipe them out. Wipe, wipe them out. Nothing but again, that. what kind of life did she want to lead? Well, really? well, that is a very good question because obviously she had from her second husband a huge amount of wealth Mm. Um, so she would she would have been set for life if she just wanted to go off and live a lovely little buy a cottage somewhere and live a jolly time she could have quite easily have done that that, Um, that's what makes me think that again the psychopath but it is that thing of boredom and or that she just liked to kill people or Bob yes potentially okay she was bored she wanted to marry someone she knows that poisoning's worked in the past maybe she's just a psychopath maybe she was, she enjoyed it and then had eight weeks I mean eight weeks is not long oh god no these were that, a very that very seems like a quick. very much a plan of yeah. like right buried done all Onto the, the processes through I mean it would take you time to inherit and then as soon as you're done right find the next person. Mm. And then kill them, kill their kids. She's probably actively... She feels like she's actively looking for people with kids. Maybe so. Ooh, ooh, she evil. She her husband beach. too didn't have kids. Or at least none that were young young enough at, no. the, at the house. I think he may well have had older children who were had long since yeah, moved, moved out. But then um, he pursued her. Yes. He pursued her. We don't know, maybe maybe the others no. did. You know, but she was working in the... Sewing, he was buying all the sewing machines. No, no, that land. wasn't that wasn't him. Or was that not him? No, that no, was that was, the that, other was one. that that got her to Connecticut. Yes, and, and then, then she met then she the met guy. him at the grocery store. Oh well, that's weird. I don't know. So. But she's but she even <laughs> that's all there is to it. And I like her. Lydia, Lydia. Do you know Lydia, the tattooed lady? <laughs> Good story this week, Nick. Well, there we go. What do you think? What do you think of Lydia? Do you think she was? Do you think she was a psychopath, or do you think she was just circumstance? just taking advantage of a situation because she was slightly evil or was she hunting people down to marry them and kill them send us your thoughts people send us your story suggestions that we can cover in future episodes enjoy the ampersand as it has sent us entirely insane yeah that is a good cocktail because you you, you do taste it and go oh mustn't mustn't progress with that one mustn't but after the third sip no it it went down a tree the third sip oh you're numb
And yeah. then you're like, yeah, this is damn tasty. Yeah. <laughs> and that, now I'm, really, I'm like, let's have another one. But guys, come and talk to us on social media. Send us messages. Send us your thoughts. Send us suggestions. Send us cocktail ideas. Send us suggestions of more videos that you want us to do as well. We've got to do some live tastings again at some point. You mainly like it when I'm upset. So send us more suggestions of horrible, horrible cocktails that Nick can try. Come and find us on Patreon. Tell your friends about The Poisoner's Cabinet. Listen to our extra episodes and go and buy some merch. We have been the people inside The Poisoner's Cabinet. We will see you next week. And remember, your loved ones are trying to kill you. Bye.